Hey, Cast Chasers, Christina here. We'll start the show in just a moment, but first we wanted to tell you about a new, award-winning, four-grain straight bourbon whiskey that's been taking the market by storm, Penelope Bourbon. Penelope's balanced yet flavorful taste profile comes from a unique blend of three bourbon mash bills. Currently available in three expressions, four grain, barrel strength, and toasted, Penelope is remarkably smooth and flavorful. So whether you're sipping neat or using it in your favorite cocktail, Penelope is perfect for you. Penelope Bourbon is available in select markets as well as online at PenelopeBourbon.com. Hello, this is Amanda Victoria, the CEO and founder of Sibony. Pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cast Chasers podcast. to this being a great introduction for whiskey drinkers for the, you know, the flavor reasons, right? I love the fact that there's such a compelling and modern story or contemporary story behind what you guys are doing. Um, I think that, you know, again, thinking about kind of new whiskey drinkers, one of the things I really like that we debunk on the show is talking about, you know, a lot of the, the people that are in this industry, a lot of the crafts that they're coming out with really have so much more of a local story. And, you know, there's just a lot more to it than, this person's family that's been doing it for generations, kind of turning out the same old product in one corner of the world. Like people are thinking about this differently. And, uh, you know, one thing I'd love for you to talk about a little bit more is what some of the first conversations you had with folks in the whiskey community about when you started talking about the sustainability factor as like, this is a huge piece of the brand outside of the rye that we're using. Yeah. Um, I've never had that question before. So appreciate it. Um, when I think of, <laughs> when Bobby I think of, <laughs> love it. Um, when I think of Sipony, it's, it's important, obviously what's going on inside of the can, but it's equally as important outside of the can, um, that mission, uh, of saving the bees or rather partnering with nonprofit environmentalists across the country and around the world at this point to give back to generations and the future generations and teaching children how to tend to apiaries in an urban environment. It's mind blowing. Um, the, the nuances of, of very specific environmentalism we're trying to target with the next generation and, and teaching people to pay it forward and, and truly, quote, save this planet because we are in a, um, a crisis uh, with the climate right now. And it's something that's very near and dear to uh, my heart. And, and thus, it became very important to the outside mission of Sipony. And it made very much a lot of sense to me if we're going to go on this mission with the best ingredients that we can find, of course, we're going to have a locality element to it. Um, all of the ingredients coming from about 175 mile radius, 
um, all of the supply chain being vetted for emissions. Um, we're now currently very close. We're 96% approved to be a B Corp company, which is so exciting, um, a certified B Corp. We also partner with 1% for the planet. Um, but all of these elements were so important because of the integrity of the ingredients inside feed the integrity of the, the mission outside. And it, it's what I end up just really blanket statement saying, just it's the do the right thing in, in right now. If you're going to make an, an enterprise, no matter how small it is, um, you have to look at the paying it forward aspect. And yeah, those early conversations with the whiskey community. Whiskey, by the way, I love to talk about how it's a study of agriculture. You know, um, so much comes back to the dirt and um, the the water sources and the grains and the strains and all of that. And if you really look at it holistically, um, having whiskey as an ambassador for sustainability is a very easy thing to uh, digest if you're doing the right thing along the whole supply chain. So um, I was, I think I was met with um, a lot of great whiskey nerds uh, along the way that were very excited about this take on a whiskey product. I think that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. And I'll, and just to kind of zoom out and make sure I'm understanding it right. And how I understood it, you hear a lot of these distilleries and I love them to death. Um, using the grain to glass motto or locally sourced kind of verbiage. And that's beautiful. That's amazing. We support, we support local. One of the favorite things I think on our show is to, we bring in big, the big names, but we like to bring in small local people too, and kind of give them that pedestal. You don't hear a lot of them talk about, okay, but look backwards and what are we doing to help what we just pulled from? you know, the ground, the earth and, and, and everything. So I think things like this and mottos like that are, are amazing and bravo to you and, and what you're doing. There's this other side too. I was thinking earlier, we were throwing around the word cocktails and, and when people talk to us, what we drink and we're in a lot of whiskey circles too, where we go to a lot of groups and tastings and it's very whiskey focused and cocktails can be taboo. And I'm talking to the new the listeners here, the new, especially the new whiskey drinkers, and I'm talking to the seasoned people too, that look at cocktails as a kind of um, an offshoot or a side of the road um, of the whiskey world. Couldn't be farther from the truth. I think about people like Booker No, who a master in the Jim Beam family would himself sit on the front porch and have a cocktail highball specifically. And now, you know, Jim Beam is pushing their highball thing and everything. But you have a master like that who said, I'm going to take some of my best whiskey, I'm going to pour it in a cocktail and I'm going to enjoy it on my front porch with my family and friends. There's nothing wrong with a cocktail. The no. problem is, is when the cocktail is, is shtick. And oh, well, yeah, of course. you know what I mean? And this is not that. And on top of it, if I can barbecue out with friends and, you know, using clean fuel, I'm from Texas and it's charcoal only. We don't use any of the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> throw that in also, is that you have to, Katie? Of course, buffalo. No, because they're a they're a they're a herding species. So no, I don't use their chips. Um, but when you're outside, you know, having a drink and having a cocktail, when you can also think, you know, this this company's doing something really cool and amazing. What's wrong with that? And um, being a bee nerd, I mean, uh, like I said before, that's amazing to me. But we need this for you, I think. Bob. I think I, I I'm not even kidding. My yeah. wife's right here. How many years have I been talking about? A lot. She said a lot. Um, 
I've, I've, I've looked at beehives that were sensitive to the bees. So I have, uh, I have, we have somebody working on a custom beehive for me that allows me to extract the honey without hurting the hive and things like that. And it's just, it's so much that goes into it. So I'm, I'm totally into that. And I, I buy into that understanding that bees are so important. This is the question that nobody likes. And I, it's my favorite question because everybody hates it. What's next? I hate that question. Everyone <laughs> hate they do because they're like, I'm doing the thing now. I'm not now I'm doing it. But I, I like I like to know what that plan because you're a business person, you're a businesswoman, you own the company. There's there's that can we crack open the door of the meeting room and you know, okay, listen, team, we're we're killing it right now, but here's the net what what is the next project? Wow. Um yeah, that's a good that's great. Um I like to think of, obviously, are you a futures person? You know, there's present people, futures people, and past people. So you must- I want to know how this is. I want to know where it's going. (laughs) Okay. So we're in December now, um, uh, as they say in the business world, O&D. So we've just finished the biggest quarter of the year um, for us, uh, for spirits in the world of spirits, really. O&D is very big, October, November, and December. Um, for that period of time, it was the, our team is about nine now, which is incredible. Um, the team, uh, we were bootstrapped as a company until the middle of the summer, um, where we received a, a nominal investment um, at, in July or maybe August first, technically. And at that point, we invested in our in our team right away. And that team today is about nine, I believe. And we have a very strong. Um, e-commerce platform and model because something that was very important being a small company and launching during a global pandemic with a baby um, breastfeeding at the time, it was so important to have the reach um, of having, being able to say on day one, we were available nationwide. So there's this whole element of our route to market strategy that um, is about creating the functionality compliantly and legally of being able to ship alcohol throughout the U.S. um, through our website, sippany.com. And we do so by working with the third party to make sure that we're very compliant through the whole process, which is not easy to do. But um, having figured that out, (laughs) what's next is to really continue to rocket in that category. So we are always, always optimizing the way that we talk to our customers um, on the internet. It's kind of the boring part of the business, if I'm, if I'm honest, but it's, it's not boring that um, I don't like it. It's just that there's a lot of updates when it comes to the new iOS update from Facebook or the new um, way Instagram this week and we always have to stay cutting edge so that is a huge amount of time that our team takes um, in optimizing the way we communicate with our customers online and we have to continue to do that as a small business when it comes to the more fun stuff um, we'll always be a rye whiskey canned cocktail always be a rye whiskey canned cocktail with honey uh, most likely with lemon juice in some instances, but we are looking at a few great innovations that I'm very excited to debut, definitely looking into Q2 of next year. So look out for some range and flavors. Um, in October in 2020, we did debut our second skew of uh, Sipany Cafe, which all those same great ingredients, the rye, the honey, the lemon juice, but with the addition of cold brew coffee, just a tiny, tiny amount Um, about less than a quarter of an ounce. 
of cold brew concentrate. And it was used in the same way bitters would be used in an old fashioned cocktail to really, again, and I'll say it, I've said this word too many times and I'll probably get a necklace with it, agitate the whiskey in a way where you get a new flavor out of it. So that cotton candy tasting note kind of modulated into something even more interesting with the cafe. And we proofed it a little bit lower. It's proofed at 5% because um, coffee and alcohol is a big category to talk about when you start mixing those two. And I, I wanted to use it more so for flavor rather than for quote benefit of energy, so to speak. It was really used like bitters in an old fashioned is how I always say. So. The flavor of Sipney Cafe, which I'll show, is the second born, the third born, technically, but um, more iterations like that. Not much. We're not going to become a flavor house, so to speak. Um, there's a lot of these can companies are just pushing out the latest peppermint, um, cotton, truly cotton candy <laughs> flavored Skittle thing. Um, but we'll always thoughtfully expand. And there might be a red can in the future. There might be a blue can in the future. Um, but everything will be all natural. You'll never see the word natural flavoring on a can of Sipony. If you see the words natural flavors on anything, you can assume the complete opposite <laughs> of what's going on. True. Absolutely. That's true. So I'm glad you started talking about the, uh, the cafe, cause that's something I was going to ask about, uh, but for our mornings, right, Aaron? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause every morning, every Aaron morning, and we call we... it a brunch cocktail. I call this, it was uh, called mom juice when I first launched it, um, <laughs> which is what I'm going to call it now. When I, when I get it, I'm going to be like, can we pick mom up some juice. mom juice, please? I, it, we're, we were low on mom juice, but mom so I've, I've had not, uh, I mean, I obviously I've had co- uh, coffee cocktails and other drinks that contain coffee. Like there, uh, there's now a large cola company that has yeah. an energy drink that is like partially. Got that idea from us, I'm sure. Right, and <laughs> yeah, obviously, and I've tried that, and it's the worst thing I've ever tasted. Like it's just, it's just. Bleh. So like, they could have been I, done correctly, they could have done. I could have tweaked that to the milligram, and I think I could have done it right. Because, sure, sure. But it's hard. Um, yeah, the there's a lot of. Beers, even there's doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm, in that. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, I think we're underplaying a little bit something, and I've noticed there's kind of a, um, there's a vibe here. You're, you're very particular, zoomed in, scientific about your method, and I, I think we, I don't think we've danced in that enough. Um, I have a it. question for you. Let's dance. Um, I do want to dance into it because you've made the, uh, the, the comment about you know you know, milliliter and, and really kind of, I, I love, I love the science aspect of everything. I think, like I, I said, but I think we were talking before we came on about Patrick Heist and how he nerds out about yeast and everything. Love it. We're, we were talking to Rob Dietrich. Um, he's the, um, he's the guy that's working with black and whiskey right now. And he played with sound and vibration in the barrels. And so you talk about, and he talked to us about how, with flavor, how movement and vibration and everything can change and, and, and cause, you know, all the scientific whatevers. Love that so much. It, it is. You're using the term agitation. Yes. Yeah, right. Does that heighten, in your opinion, that wryness? Because I'm, I'm tasting, I'm trying to deconstruct this drink. And I'm thinking the rye is being elevated by that bubbleness. Nissness. Yeah. Bubbleness, nissness. 
bubblelessness. Um, the bubbles are like a little applaud for the rye every single bubble, every single time. Hey now. Rye, like it's, it does. Um, and also at the same time, a, a bit of a massage going down, I always have found um, with carbonation if done the right way. But we measured the bubbles to the, the perfect size. Um, there's, I have the, the perfect size. I won't give it away because it's a proprietary size. But um, yeah, the, the question of, of meticulousness and OCD and how I approach this and to the milligram and the recipe and how we went through hundreds of iterations of these recipes. Um, yeah, that OCD uh, aspect uh, really does help when you are making something at a commercial scale. Um, the commercial scale um, is so intimidating to, I'm, I'm a bartender and many lives ago. Um, and even batching an event like the Grammys or the Oscars, and you're, you're batching this big cocktail for everyone, um, all these VIPs, and you want it to be perfect every time. And that was probably the closest I had ever gotten to making something large format that would affect people that were there specifically to enjoy this thing that I was making. Um, but putting it into the commercial scale of things is a whole different animal of uh, OCD. Even um, it, it's it's something that I kind of have to work myself up to when we go into production um, because I'm jumping in the vats basically when we produce. I'm there on site. I'm making sure that uh, things are being stirred, mixed, measured all the right way, right through the Excel formula. We didn't work with a flavor house. It's something we do pride ourselves on at this point. Although interestingly enough, the press has kind of twisted it around a little bit here and there. And it's like, ugh. but we didn't work with a flavor house, not because we were trying to push flavor houses out of business by any means. They know the science, um, but we didn't work with a food scientist or a flavor house on this. We worked with our taste buds. And um, of course, after the fact, we did a lot of shelf stability testing and all of that um, throughout the process on the back end. But it was a lot of testing, learning, and optimizing in the very beginning with the flavor. We did our very first run was only a thousand cans, um, just to make sure that it was perfect along the way. So, so much goes into the meticulousness of making something on a commercial scale. Can I ask you a rhetorical question? And I already know the answer because everybody we've ever talked to that are amazing in this industry are so hands-on. Do you, Katie, Aaron, do you notice that every time we talk to a Lisa Wicker or somebody like that, they're always so, they own the company. They could be in their, you know, white tower at the very looking down. Maybe they sign a signature every now and then. They're never like that. They're always so hands-on, gloves on, boots on in the tub. You you said about being in the vet. I've, we've talked to people that are literally in the vat that, that climb in and stir it with a paddle. During a crisis when yeah. it was ever the company and they're like, well, I got to get in here. So we got to release, you know? Hey. Yeah. You don't find that hands-on anywhere else that I know of no. other than You'll find a lot of, not a lot of that, unfortunately, in this can rush moment that we're in right now. So a lot of these can products are being built on like an Excel sheet in by a, a lab and scientifically they make sense and they're stable on the shelf and all this and whatnot. But um, I used to be intimidated by that, that, but then I realized that what we're doing is so much more meticulous than, than that because 
we're just uh, every every element is tweaked it never it never stops it's art it's art that just never stops with with making well i i think about the work that it takes to create a you know a master cocktail right and to go research the ingredients or just play with things and and really take the time to put your signature spin on something you're pleased with. So when you think about like, how do you scale that and how do you figure out how to mass produce it without losing any of the artistry from the mass production process? Yeah. I don't blame you for being so involved in every step of that because you don't want to lose those factors. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll give away one somewhat proprietary thing that kind of conveys that all. Um, but when it comes to the lemon juice, we start with a slightly more acidic lemon juice, just a touch. It's just a touch. So on the first day, the cans are coming off the line. They're a little bit too acidic for me. I'm like, eh, this is a little hot. And the lemon juice sits in what I have trusted to be the perfect way over time. And it plays in the can in a way with the whiskey that was a happy accident. Now I can say that two years plus with on shelves, et cetera. Um, but it took a lot. Lemon juice gave me a lot of TMJ overnight, a lot of grinding my teeth about lemons. And can I put lemon juice in a can? And, and every bartender that I've worked with ever is going to be like, how are you doing this with lemon juice? Because we're all about the fresh lemon juice and squeezing in the moment. And the way for us to work around that was starting with a slightly more acidic lemon and it drops into this really beautiful um, place again with that, that rye backbone. And that's, that's a, that's a great point. Cause when I was, when I was describing it a little earlier in the episode, um, I was talking about, you know, how, how the lemon just sort of sings through like from the time, from the time you, you nose it and all throughout and lemons hard. Like I'm, I'm no, I'm no mixologist, but like I, I'm, I make a decent cocktail. These two, these two will tell you, and I'm very, very sort of upset. Okay. Maybe they won't. Gosh, these faces <laughs> they're making at me. Um, he does. Um, but I, it, it, it's something I, I don't like to serve someone something that is not fantastic um so i lemon is one of those things that i put in a cocktail and it's like okay uh, if i use a fresh squeezed lemon how much of this particular lemon am i going to use and and like lemons and 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 citruses or citrus is citrus the plural of citrus also that yeah okay (laughs) citrums citrums um but using those in general is very difficult. And that's something that gives me, um, that's something that agitates me. If I'm going to, if I'm going to be honest, that's something you did there. Yeah. That's something that agitates me when I'm making, I agitate. Yeah. And uh, to, to hear you talk about just something as, you know, for someone not in it as that could be so mundane as like, you know, struggling with the lemon. That's something if you had told me, if someone had asked me when we first decided we were going to do a podcast, Will you ever have someone from a quote canned cocktail on the show? I'd say you're freaking out of your mind. No, absolutely not. We're we're, we're you know get out of here. That's what you would have said. Ain't no laws. Like I I don't know I don't know what I would you know like it, I would have said absolutely not. But like it's it takes a lot to impress me with a with a a whiskey based cocktail whiskey it's a based damn cocktail. good drink. Yeah, it is. It is. Just, At the end of the day, it's just super, super good. good. It's super good. <laughs> and it 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 almost younger me would have been like he'll never say that. But like a it's I've it's better than handmade As younger you so had. angsty. I know he's he is angsty. He's agitated. He hates everything. <laughs> it's quality. It really I mean I I'm telling you it's quality. This is it's 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 on point. I'm a whiskey snob. Yeah, I was going to ask you. 
Yeah. What is your, what is your, tell us some of your best outside. You're not drinking, you know, Saponi because I don't know, nobody's watching and you're, you're pouring yourself a glass of whiskey. What are you drinking? Oof. Well, you know, um, I'm sure this is quoted somewhere else. It's, it's usually Lagavulin. Um, I learned everything that I know about whiskey in Scotland. Um, really you're our people. You're our kind of people. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I even was troubled by the fact that we were going to make this product with an American whiskey. No offense to the amazing American whiskey producers, but I was troubled by that just because I am a Scotch snob. <laughs> um but that's why it took us so long to find the perfect whiskey in the U.S. Uh, specifically. But yeah, uh, Lagavulin is my is my go to my go to girl. Um, in a perfect night, uh, cracking a can of Sipony as an aperitif with a cheese plate, and then moving right into Lagavulin with some chocolate. And if I'm feeling wild, maybe an espresso. But <laughs> oh my god we all gotta hang out <laughs> is what I, that's I had what... an idea that i would cheat with totally i would pour this and i would take some egg white and put it on top and it would make the best whiskey sour i mean if you do that um i would love to include it in our new recipe book that's coming that out. would be <laughs> you would oh be my god can the birds and the bees whiskey sour, sour. pen in that you put a pin in it i got lawyers you gotta talk to <laughs> we'll for sure be naming that after you it's amazing it, it would be an amazing whiskey sour it's actually the perfect amount of both and you were talking about with the lemon and everything it's 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 ideal for me and this is this is the level of tart that i add when i make a whiskey sour this is what i'm going for oh, yeah yeah sure so you were so you were talking about you got really into you got really into the um the lemon can what kind of honey and why rye is i know it's a two-part but i'm real i'm just super curious of what kind of honey you're using and why why rye yes i love why rye because it's a question i've gotten a lot <laughs> um so not- i tattooed on my back yeah, not even in this process. My, I'll start with that then. So rye was first introduced to me on a concentrated study scale when I was working for, and I'll, I'll be honest, it was a vodka company, Belvedere Vodka. Um, when you talk about vodka, and especially for whiskey drinkers, and I was a whiskey drinker going into that role. So I was like, let me see my range. Let me see if I can handle this. Let me work on something bigger um, than these little projects I had worked on before. Um Belvedere is a beautiful uh, example of rye being used in a distilled non-aged spirit. And it makes, if you do a lineup of 10 vodkas, which I have done on an educational purpose, you'll be able to see the, again, nuances of flavor in any rye distilled vodka. And that's where I first fell in love with the concept of, wow, vodka is such a boring category of spirit for the most part, no offense, for the most part, except when you start to look at the raw material and change the raw material um, and bring in something as exciting as rye, it becomes more exciting and more pleasing to the palate. So it had this peppery, pepperiness, um, uh, a little bit of even lemon oil that you can almost taste. There was all these nuances of, of rye that you can taste from rye vodkas basically. So I said, um, what the inspiration of the gold rush, uh, I always found that cocktail to be a little touch too sweet with the bourbon and the corn um, raw material that we're talking about with bourbon in that case for the most part. Um, So that's why rye, giving it that spicy backbone. 
and giving it something with flavor and texture that I couldn't achieve otherwise without using something like a rye. I think that's spot on. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot there for sure. But, uh, that's, that's why rye. And, um, when it comes to the honey and the honey source, like I had mentioned, we get everything within 175 or so mile radius in the New York state area. And we looked at a few different honeys. Now you can dive deep into the world of honeys, honey and um, study that fully exclusively for a living. <laughs> um, we picked a honey from the Champlain uh, region of New York which has a beautiful whisper of wildflowers um, to it. Um, if you put this honey that we use in a lineup across many different honeys, the reason why it would stand out would be because of its more floral open tasting notes um, that are again, similarly to the whiskey, the bourbon rye differentiation, less cloying on the palate again, more, more brightness, um, less of that, that honey depth sweetness that is more indicative of like an over-processed honey. This is an unfiltered honey. Um, to speak to that, you'll sometimes see little flecks of honey in the cans of Sipony because all natural ingredients we put it on the can itself that it says separation is natural and you can gently roll a can of Sipony before you have it. I was it. going to ask that because I actually had little particles. Yeah, that's honey and, and pulp sticking to Yeah. <laughs> well, a whiskey purist likes a little cloud and a little something in their whiskey because it means it's, you know, the filtration's not there and all that noise, but yeah. That meets to that speaks to quality ingredients. I mean, there it is. I mean, it to kind of it kind of adds to it. So it, for some weird reason makes it taste better. Yeah, that's that's the same way um, honey might sink in your cup of tea and you'd have to stir it again over time as it separates. That's the same thing that happens there. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. We had the choice to filter that out and I, I liked it. Big choice. I'll I love it. I love it. And that's, those are the answers I was hoping for. Uh, so my wife has been telling me, you know, the, she's said twice now in the background, cause she's drinking too. Um, I can't make her stop. I don't know what to do. <laughs> there's a, there's a program for that. I'll send you a link. No, she, she's Dana has, um, and this is Dana, by the way, you want to wave? This is my wife, Dana. I'll edit all this out. Hi, Dana. She's amazing. <laughs> Big part I was of just teachers. a hand would come in the side. <laughs> um, but um, she was like the rye. She says she basically said I couldn't think of this anything different, any way different than with the rye. The rye works. It makes so much sense. Aaron and I had this world where we lived in for a long time where we were anti rye in a weird way, which was weird for Aaron because he's from Maryland, which is yeah. rye country. Yeah, and. Then we would have a rye and we'd be like, well, this one's quickly, good. All the other quickly. ones are terrible. It wasn't even as strong as you guys being like anti-rye. It was, it was so much more theatrical. You'd sip on a rye and be like, well, we're not, we're not why guys. We're not, that's not our thing. But we blended a whiskey with um, <laughs> Reservoir and it turned out to be a rye. So our own palate I said, was so annoyed. Like rye, I was stupid. so annoyed. Like Drink I walked rye. out of the room. I was like, this is the best I thing I've tasted. has a very mixed yet. reputation, you know. Um, there, there's something that, you know what it is? I'm, so, I'm sorry. To, that it's Canada. It's 
Yes, thank you. No, it's cheap rise. Cheap rise. Rye's a messy ingredient. It just is. And everybody that works with rye will tell you that. It's very hard to distill. It is very hard. It is sticky. There's an extra step that is, you can lose a lot of your yield of the the final product. And I think when when people aren't careful with it, it, and I use bad rye, cheaper rye as examples, it makes a bad rye. Rye can be big hit or miss for me. And I don't, when I don't like a rye, I don't like it at all. But when I love a rye, it is the best thing I'm having that night. So I don't think the argument is we don't like rye. I think we're, it's just rye so sketchy to work with. That's right. It can be done. um, Unfortunately, gosh, I don't even want to go on the record for this, but Canada, there's a lot of rye, or there have historically been a lot of rye coming out of Canada that, are all like what in the world of judging of spirits would be silvers. You know, they're just like a sea of silvers. Like nothing is super gold or double gold. Nothing is something bigger, but they're adequate, but they're not like exciting. And I think that became very turnkey for what I think it's, I think it's amazing that you're admitting how much you hate Canada right here on the show. And that's, oh, that's I'm brave. Not- <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Canada earlier. <laughs> And no, they're fine. I love. No. Them. They we have friends. We have we have Canadian distillers that are friends, and everybody. They're fine. They're, they're very talented. <laughs> well, but to to your point, Amanda. Also, for the and I, there there's there's some getting over this now, but for a while, um, Canada was one of those countries where what is a rye legally here was oh. very loosely defined. You know, like it, it was just uh, here, here's a rye, and like it le- le- and none of them did this, but legally it didn't even have to have rye in it. So, like for the longest time, Canada was a little bit sketchy and now there's there not that canada was a little bit sketchy that's the quote from aaron for this episode canada's a little bit sketchy just like all our canadian hides <laughs> <laughs> last time you and i got together to talk about port Escague, we discussed the 110 proof mm. right that was like kill home in macro bay that was one of my summer whiskeys yes but when i want to dial it back a little bit mm-hmm I open up their eight-year-old. Oh. Right? The ABV is a bit lower, 45.8% alcohol rather than 55%. It's a bit softer, more vanilla, a bit more creamy. Oh. It's really nice stuff. Good. I bet even you, no, no, you you still wouldn't like it. I would it. hate it. <laughs> but it's got that subtle soft peat. Would you do a little peat? No. No. Well, anybody who's interested in a soft, more subtle approach to a PD whiskey, Port Escague, eight-year-old's where it's at. All right, babe. I'm going to tell you one last time. What's that? Impex Beverages is a proud sponsor of the Cast Chasers podcast. Yes. No, but no, but to your point, though, right? Rye is tough to work with. It's impressive to me that you chose rye and it made sense because it really does work with this. This is a cocktail. This is not a... This is not a shtick, you know, can drink and they're out there and nothing wrong with them. You know what? I've had a, I, I drink whatever if I'm at a party and it's in the, in the, in the ice chest and I drag it out. I'm like, I guess this is going to do the job. <laughs> but if you want something with flavor and quality and everything else, you're, you're not a can 
drink. You're a, you're a true canned cocktail. And I think there's a difference with that. And I think we appreciate, we put you in the same category, in my opinion, as the masters that are in the whiskey world, you are, this is a whiskey podcast here and said it before you're on this show. Thankfully, thank you for coming on, but you're on this show because your respect for whiskey We've tasted this beforehand. You thankfully sent me some to taste beforehand. It is the whiskey is greatly respected. Great. It is truly there. It is truly appreciated. And it's a key ingredient. It's just not, it, it's not a, and not to pick on vodka, but I hate vodka and everything it stands for. But <laughs> the chant, the thing that vodka, it's the cleaning. No yeah. offense, vodka. It's, it's designed to make things that are not alcoholic, alcoholic. And that's kind of the point with this is the rye has a purpose. It's got a point. It's respected. It's appreciated. And it, and it, and it shows in the drink. It has such a good flavor that if I'm a whiskey drinker and I, I switch to this or vice versa, it makes sense. And the flow will be, will make sense. That's oh, yeah. what I like about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. There's a, a little hydration moment in there. I'm, I truly do enjoy drinking whiskey neat and, you know, that's where I come from. So, and again, the second to that is the highball. And then of course, Siphony fits right in there. Yeah. That's amazing. So what, Next time we have what, you on, I want to hear more about your uh, scotch studies though. Just, oof. just putting a pin in that one for next time. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's where it all began. Yeah. You have a story. Yeah. So I'm, what, I will get back to that. What, what, what people sh- what people should take away from this episode is Sipony's fantastic and Aaron's right about highballs. I think is what do your you, Canada and we well. love Can- we love she, Canada. Sipony's fantastic. That, Aaron's right about highballs. That'll never make it to the air. That'll never make it out there. We're uh, we're, we're dear friends with Fr- Dramfine Podcast and they're Canadian and they would you know they're they're okay. great. So yeah. um, do you? So you said that you know you have you come from the. Um, bartending world and much respect by the way that's the heroes out the unsung heroes out there are the bartenders we 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 love them we respect them we try to do everything we can for because they're they're killing it you come from that world is this have you had conversations about this and is this because this is a different part of the um of the bar scene right there's the there's the cocktail people and then there's let me crack a can open. What does that conversation look like? I mean, is it obviously they respect you because they know where you come from, but that is that a difficult conversation? Is that a nuanced conversation? Do you know what I'm saying? It's new. Yeah, I do. I do actually know exactly what you're saying. It is nuanced. Um, at first it was uh, difficult to introduce it sometimes to some bartenders that I had worked with, but I think they soon realized that what I sought out to do was to crack the code on a commercial level of, the beauty that we did every night, um, day in and day out behind the bar back in the day, uh, many years as a bartender. Um, yeah, I think the, the, some of the most respected bartenders in the world are my friends, my deep friends, not only are they friends, but we, we really grew up together. Um, shout out to, uh, Sam Ross, the, the creator of the penicillin cocktail. I was sitting in a bar in New York city this week, not getting COVID-19, but getting a penicillin cocktail made for me, beautifully done. And this bartender, Sam Ross, had created this cocktail um, around the same time I was bartending in a sister bar that we were working at in New York City. And this cocktail, everyone knows the penicillin. You guys know the penicillin cocktail, right? Everyone knows. Of course, yeah, of course, yeah. 
So it's it's gone out there on. I thought it was invented in like 1920. To be, it was was like early 2000s. I don't remember the exact year, but I was around um, that circle, and we were pumping them out, and they were delicious and incredible, and they still are, and they're one of my favorite and most well balanced cocktails um, of all time. And my inspiration was to do something like that on a commercial level, having seen the opportunity that that cocktail of his is replicated in bars all over the world, hundreds of times a day, if not more. And I was, I said, well, we've got to be able to do this on a commercial scale and so much inspiration from that time period. Um, but yeah, no, Symphony is not by any means replacing the craft cocktail or the craft cocktail bartender or the opportunity to go and get that fresh squeezed juice right from your bartender with your spirit and all of those great things. But the opportunity is to, if you're in a place where you can't get that um, and you see Symphony, I want you to have that sense of relief that you're like, oh, well, shit, at least they have Symphony behind the bar. Um, that's great. Um, or if you're on that desert island and you're like on vacation and you're like, oh, they have symphony here. That's great. That's a great spot to have it. And of course, the biggest one is in your home when you want something convenient at home to take out of the fridge, crack open and and say, this is made for me, which, by the way, Bobby, it was made for you. That's I say that we made it for you. And um, I hope that comes across in that moment of convenience of just opening your fridge, cracking it. You don't even have to put it in a glass um, because it is perfectly diluted in the can as well. You don't have to put it over ice. Um, It is perfectly diluted as is. So um, yeah, I hope that's evident that we made it for for you to have at home. And I feel, Amanda, that you've been awesome enough that you're okay with if we wanted to take this drink and add something to it, you know, I'm, I'm reading the ingredients to the penicillin ginger or something like that and kind of elevate it. I, before, you know what I mean? Yeah. Make it smoky. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so much you could do here. Oh my God. That's a great thing. It can itself be the base of something amazing, which is great. That's what I love about the spirit world before Aaron is his buds kill self and, and wraps the show up because he likes to do that. Um, I, and Katie, you're the boss. So hopefully this is fine. I really want you, I would love to have you back on the show, Amanda, in my opinion. I feel like we've missed an opportunity with you. And I hope first and foremost to the listeners, we have shown you how amazing, you know, this drink is. I hope you go out. I hope you order it. The great thing about the website, which you'll spiel is you can find where it is locally and things like that. That's how I found where to get it. Um, It's delicious. It's amazing. It's so good. But off of that, we didn't talk about the New York bartending underground and I want that so bad. So I'm hoping we can have that conversation later down the road because yeah, I've got... been to New York bars and they're, they're, they're different. Nowhere, nowhere. Yeah. And I've, I've drank in Tokyo. I've drank everywhere. New York is a different world. So I would love to have that conversation later down the road, Absolutely. but I'm done. You were amazing. <laughs> this drink is great. Yeah. And de- I'm four in and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, yeah, yeah. What, what are we at here? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. But yeah, absolutely. Wow, I appreciate it. Great. 
Yeah, That's absolutely. If if you're if you're amenable to it, we will for sure have you on again. Yeah, I'd um, love to talk about that. Wonderful, about the, the wonderful. Days. Yeah, we maybe we'll just have you on to just talk about whatever. Like we'll bring up Zippany and we'll we'll pitch it or whatever. But we'll just maybe talk about, in studio. Yeah, maybe, maybe, Perhaps. absolutely. Join us here. I can't really pivot my laptop. Right now, but. <laughs> um, but okay, it, it's guys, listeners. It's a good freaking drink. Like it's really, really good. And you know how snobby me and Bobby can get as far as, you know, like Bobby and I. <laughs> no. Yes, you're right. You're right. In that in that context. I never get that. I know you never it's, get that. And yeah. Pr- proud of you. Um, but you guys know how snobby we can get about, you know, drinking whiskey and this is this is how you drink whiskey. And we we, we try to, you know, laugh that, that whole thing off. I don't I don't think I don't think we are. I think we're I think we're picky is the word. That's I would the use. word. That's the picky. we are. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe honest. not snobby. Picky and honest. Honest. Yeah. I'll connoisseurs. agree with you. You're connoisseurs. Oh, um, well, settle down. <laughs> I, I, we, I, we will tell you how to drink your whiskey and we don't care how you like it. Life That's right. is too short to not listen yeah. to Bobby and Aaron and how yeah. they drink their oh. Oh, that's a sound bite. Right. Amanda, that, you got to be careful. That's with a text that. tone. I mean, that's going to be a text <laughs> tone on my phone moving forward. <laughs> bring that back down. Life oh, is okay. too short not to listen to Bobby and Aaron. That's Maybe right. Amanda said we can do whatever we want. Amanda, Amanda said <laughs> we we're the best in the world. Is what I heard. You are. You are. Aww, you are. Aww, Amanda. It's, it's been a real pleasure. Um, thank you so much for all Absolutely. the kind of well. So um, and oh, thank you. Oh, so one thing you said was. Uh, um, Thank God there's Sipany behind the bar. So I had that exact experience, not behind the bar, but when I when I got the Sipany, uh, when when I went and got the the super sale from the website because Bobby drank all the Sipany, and I um I had some in my fridge. I was driving home. I had had one. I I knew I knew my wife Christina had maybe had one, but I'm driving home from work and I was like, it it, it was a it was a warm day and I was just kind of like, Ugh, I'm just done, and I was like. I want, maybe I'll make a highball, but I don't feel, this is how lazy I am. I didn't feel like making a highball. I didn't feel like <laughs> pouring whiskey and then, and then club soda. I was like, that's too much. There's um, glass water involved in that's that. right. That's right. Well, and yeah. so, so I did say earlier that when I first tried Sipany, I poured it into a glass cause that's how I first try everything. But sure. I got home and I opened up the fridge and I said, Oh, thank God there's a Sipany. And I just opened it and I just started drinking it. No glass, no anything. And Oh my God, it was just as good. You guys, it was, Oh, oh I loved it. I loved it. I would, I, there, I very likely will just fill a, um, fill a cooler with Sipany at our next get together that we have in the summertime and, you know, try to sell people on it because that's what I do. And then if they don't want to drink it, there's just more for me. And so it's a win-win all the way around. Win-win. So like I said, listen to Bobby and Aaron and, and choose wisely with how you drink. I just hope there's never a world where I'm on a beach and there's a 30 pack of it and there's like an unbeatable <laughs> chair and an umbrella. Cause then I'm going to be like, okay, she sold out. That's what happened. That's what happened there. So be- before we officially go, Amanda, 
Um, I, I like to sort of turn the floor over to, um, to our guest for literally anything you want to pitch. Obviously, you know, website, Instagram handles, uh, social media, all that kind of stuff. I always jokingly say, you know, your kid's softball team or whatever. Um, but yeah, like, and literally anything you want to pitch stuff that's coming up, keeping in mind that it's probably going to be at least a month, maybe month and a half before this episode comes out. What would you, the floor is yours for several minutes, uh, uh, what do you want to say? Well, first and foremost, thank you guys so much for having me on this show. I absolutely love everything you stand for and everything you're doing, bringing education to the category of whiskey. That is my biggest passion in life, uh, hands down. Um, I would say that for those listeners who are whiskey pros or new to whiskey alike, to really start asking the question of with any of the consumer products that you have or purchase, where are these products coming from? Who are, who is making these products? What is going into these products and really vote with your dollar because that's as consumers, all we really have. So many things um, are out there that are fighting to get to the shelf for you that are, um, maybe not worthy of, of that, uh, of that dollar of yours. Uh, I would say really look into your products and when it comes to Sipony and the transparency behind our company, um, being able to talk about the ingredients and our mission outside of the can is so very important. Um, and if you are interested in giving Sipony a try yourself, I will share a deep discount code right now. Um, Sipony.com and, and or shop Sipony.com, either of those. And my daughter's nickname is Chuki. So you can use the code C-H-O-O-K-I-E. That is Chuki. And I believe that is 25% off. Um, usually reserved for friends and family, of which I hope uh, you guys are now. Thank you. I'm about to place another order now that I know that. So. <laughs> Thank that was you. the sweetest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that was for, awesome. For, the, for, for our listeners, we'll include that in the, uh, in the show notes for this for you guys to go no. and click. No, you we won't. Listen. <laughs> you got to listen to get that. People don't go to the show notes without listening. Half the people don't even know the show notes are there. This is a plug yeah, for show notes true. now. Um, people who read will be rewarded. That's right. 54,000-esque people. So oh. what? <laughs> it reminds me of uh, when uh, Dwight accidentally gave, remember, I don't know if you're an Office fan, but when he put the, um, when he put the, the um, free paper Oh, yeah. All yeah. One shipment. <laughs> like, what the? It's not, gonna be, it's not gonna be like that at all. This was awesome. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. I love oh, this. Yeah. Thank you, Kate, too, for, for spending some time with the baby on, on tonight. Oh yeah. Oh, really great presence to have. Yeah, the, yeah. the the episode the episode part of this episode is officially we're over, done by we're, the way. we're done with it we're done with the show yeah stupid show <laughs> stupid podcast phoned it in we just phoned it <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a good night, everybody. Oh, Bye. God. Bye. Now I gotta find a button. I'm so bad at finding. I'm leaving. Buttons. I don't know where buttons are. <laughs> she, how she cool was great. She, right? Oh my god, was she was great. great. All right, chasers, that'll do it for now. If this was your first time tuning in, what took you so long? All jokes aside, we're so happy to welcome you to the Cast Chasers family, and we definitely hope you'll come back for more next week. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, in short, 
wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cast Chasers. You can even join our Facebook group for bonus points. And if you want even more Cast Chasers, check out our website, castchasers.org for show notes, Cast Chaser swag, and more. Until next time you join us, remember, it's not about finding the perfect tram. It's all in the chase.